When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Episode 138 of the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Sean St. Jacques back here with you for another week of Knicks and NBA talk. And we will dive in to possibly the worst week in recent Knicks basketball history. Um, as bad as it gets. Uh, there's really no other way of sugarcoating it. Um, I expected it to go south for the Knicks when they didn't make a trade deadline move of really any note. Uh, I didn't expect it to be like this this quickly and for it to unravel this quickly um the Knicks are out of it I mean there's really no debating that at this point um they they are they're done they're done the the Knicks are not making the playoffs if they make the play-in they're not gonna do anything and I don't think they're gonna even make the play-in at this point um you know for a lot of this season it's been well the Knicks can't beat good teams you know and now they can't beat anybody um there was you know a glimmer of hope at the beginning of the week when I said on this podcast that the Knicks were going to lose in Golden State and they did quite the opposite of that against a you know arguably the best team in the NBA uh Golden State who was at full strength and the Knicks got their best win of the season, beating the Warriors 116 to 114. Clay Thompson missed a shot at the buzzer uh, that I believe would have sent the game into overtime. The Knicks were phenomenal. They shot the lights out of the basketball in that game. Um, Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, Alec Burks in particular, Taj Gibson actually made two threes in the game. Cam Reddish played well and you're thinking wow maybe that's it maybe that's the boost well we've said that time and time again this season and the Knicks went on to have one of the worst weeks in recent franchise history after that after getting one of the more unexpected wins in the NBA this season remember the Knicks had lost four straight 
going into that Golden State game. And to be fair, all to contending teams, the Grizzlies, the Lakers, the Jazz, and the Nuggets, and the Knicks were on a five-game road stretch and got that surprising one in Golden State. But then since then, I mean, they've slammed their heads on rock bottom three times. And uh, it doesn't get... um, for the Knicks, much worse than the, than what we've seen the last the last week after that. To be quite honest with you, it really you know it started in Portland, and the Portland game was one that I missed. I wasn't able to watch it, so I ended up watching the highlights. And much you know much as much will be that I, I should say that the theme of this week is Knicks started great. Very similar with the win against the Warriors. They started great. Couldn't finish it out. And the Portland one is really tough to swallow because Portland stinks. Portland is not good. Portland is, you know, blowing it up at the moment. The Knicks got three great performances. Kemba played well. Randall played well. Grimes had one of his best games as a Knicks. But the Knicks didn't get enough from the bench, and it cost them in the fourth quarter. Um, the Knicks outscored Portland by 15 through three quarters, and they threw it all away in the fourth. Knicks were outscored 35-11 to in the fourth quarter, and Portland came storming back to win it 112-103. to I mean, just inexplicable inexplicable and it it just a collapse just a collapse and it was just the beginning this week just the beginning um portland honestly you know the lineup you just look at it and you're thinking man this is a chance for the knicks to to build on something from golden state and what they build on they end up throwing all the way in the fourth quarter simons had 30 uh, Josh Hart had 23. Nurkic and Winslow were in double figures, as was the former Kansas Jayhawks star Ben Ma- Ben McLemore, former King, as well. And the Knicks absolutely vomit up the lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, there's really no other way of saying it. Uh, they absolutely coughed it up, and... Portland stinks. I, I I can't reiterate that enough. It's not like uh, one of the games we'll get to later where, well, actually, really none of the games this week because, you know, none of these teams are at full strength. None of these teams are good at the moment, but the Knicks can't hold on to a lead. I mean, it's, I'll get to my full picture thoughts, but I do want to recap all this because this is, I, I mean, the beginning of, of an end potentially to a very quick era here. <laughs> Where, I mean, the Knicks were, you know, a team that could be a contender this season. You know, even a month or two ago, you could still say the Knicks were in the mix. And the way it's quickly unraveled. I mean, it's just, it, it is, it's classic Knicks. I mean, there's really other, no other way to, to say it. It really is. And, you know, you, then you go to the Thunder game. The game against uh, OKC. Where again... The Knicks, I mean, they weren't comfortable by any stretch, I thought, in this game because OKC were always kind of keeping themselves in it. 
But in the end, Trey Mann and, and Josh Giddy of all people, Josh Giddy of all people, were the ones killing the Knicks in the fourth quarter and in overtime. And they end up winning in overtime. OKC does 127 to 103. I mean, this was an even bigger gut punch because it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that the Knicks blew a, uh, a gigantic lead in this game, but it was more of the fact that, that, that OKC isn't good. And they, and the Knicks made them look like a contender in the garden. The frustrating part too, is that Randall had a great night. He had 30 points, 10 assists, 13 rebounds did have seven turnovers but he had triple double robinson had a double double fournier had 29 grimes had 19 guys are playing out of their minds and losing to okc that's the frustrating part you know that's that is really really frustrating you know, and listen, you know, the Knicks have been without RJ Barrett. But it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. These are these are still absolutely agonizing defeats to take. Agonizing. The Thunder stink. The Thunder are not good. And the Knicks again at the garden. Throw it away in the fourth quarter in overtime. This is the one I want to spend the most time on. It has to be last night's game. Uh, again, we record on the Thursday, release on the Friday against Brooklyn. National television. A game where, again, you're playing a Nets team that is nowhere near at full strength. No Kyrie. No KD. Limited minutes from Blake Griffin. And a guy off the bench in Cam Thomas is the one that kills you. Now, listen, the Knicks couldn't have have gotten off to a better start. Outscored the Nets by 20 in the first quarter. Had a 21-point lead at the half. Knicks' largest lead of the game was 28 points. And Brooklyn comes storming back. And I was actually watching my my Seton Hall Pirates lose to UConn uh, last night and and flipping back and forth between that game and this game. And man, uh, just a rough night. Every time I turned it back, the, the, the lead was shorter. It was a smaller lead. And slowly but surely, the Knicks collapsed again to a Brooklyn team that they should have walloped. And did for three quarters. I mean, even going into the fourth, the Knicks had a comfortable lead. You know, a lead that you should be able to close out. Um, what did the Knicks had a twenty-one point lead at the half, and I think they had a fourteen-point lead going into the fourth quarter, if memory serves. And you throw it all away. Knicks route scored thirty-eight to nineteen in the fourth quarter. And collapsed defensively. Absolutely collapsed. Camp Thomas. But by the way, Camp Thomas shot one of five from deep. One of five. So it was he wasn't even killing you from behind the arc. Now that the dagger was, but I'm talking about before that. 
This this was just poor defensive work from the Knicks. As bad as it gets. The first game against Brooklyn, you could argue the Knicks got screwed by the officials. I mean, there, there's a very good argument to be had for that. This game, the Knicks just kept stabbing themselves in the foot. They couldn't help themselves. They could not help themselves. Randall again, by the way, was phenomenal in this game. Fournier did his part in this game. And Emmanuel quickly, who I mean has been a ghost at times the last few weeks, he finally wakes up. He has 18 off the bench, but nobody else in double figures for the Knicks. And that really showed up in the second half. Really showed up in the second half. Burks and Reddish combined for 2 of 10 from the field. 2 of 10. Topping again. Can't get into double figures. And listen, you can't expect Quentin Grimes to have 15 to 20 points a night. You can't expect that. And Kemba, again, was Jekyll and Hyde. Had a great start to the week. The last couple games, he's been invisible. Invisible for the Knicks. And again, Mitchell Robinson, defensively at times, was phenomenal in this game. But you can't expect him to get a double-double every night. He's not that player. I put this on the coaching staff. I put this on the front office. They got complacent. That's what it feels like right now. They thought they had figured it out last season. During the offseason, and I'll admit, I thought the moves were good, adding Kemba and more more particularly Evan Fournier to this team. But clearly it wasn't good enough in the first half of the season. And the Knicks at the trade deadline where they had a chance to shake things up. Added Cam Reddish and then did nothing else at the actual trade deadline. And the Knicks are now going to have to live with what they've got. And what what and what they have is a bad basketball team. That's what they have. That's what the Knicks are now living with, and that's what we as fans now have to live with. The Knicks stink. They're not good. They're not good. They were good, but they aren't anymore. The Knicks are the Knicks again. They're not good. And Tom Thibodeau and this front office have the rest of the season to try and basically reignite this fan base, reignite this team, and gain the trust back. Because if they don't, this is going to be over very quickly. This is going to be over rapidly for this front office and for this coaching staff. There's already people legitimately saying that Tom Thibodeau is on the hot seat now. Legitimately. Not not like fans saying, get him out of here. Like legitimately on the hot seat. And how can you blame them? 28 point lead at the Garden against a 60% Brooklyn Nets team. 60%. I mean, once again, the E-word is going to get thrown around. It's embarrassing. It's uh, it's downright embarrassing the last week for the Knicks. Since Golden State, I, I mean, it's as bad as you're going to see. And the Knicks are now 
I mean, look, I looked at the standings this morning. I didn't want to look at them last night. I just couldn't do it. I, I couldn't do it. If they had won, you look and you're thinking, all right, they're, they, you know, another quality win of sorts because the time the Knicks were up big. But now, I mean, the Knicks are, what are the Knicks? They're three and a half back of the Hawks for the final play-in spot. I mean, it's it's done. It's done. I, I just don't see the Knicks catching the Hawks. I don't. By the way, this is a Brooklyn team that's lost eight of their last ten on top of the Knicks having that big lead. You know, the Nets have won two in a row, but they had lost eight straight before that. Eight straight games. And listen, the season's not over. There's going to be some out there that are optimistic. I mean, I pressed the panic button two weeks ago on this show. And nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. If if anything, the circumstances around the Knicks have gotten worse. I mean, that's, that's really the bottom line. And, I, and I've lost trust in Tom Thibodeau. I've lost trust in the front office. I really have. I, I mean, this this was the chance to take a step forward with this team. And, and this is what, what has happened. And now there's reports coming out that William Wesley, Worldwide West, has gone to James Dolan and is complaining about Tom Thibodeau, according to SNY, Ian Begley reporting that Worldwide West went to James Dolan in a private conversation and told him that Tom Thibodeau is a big reason why this isn't working. So, the, the front office has lost trust in Tibbs, but I'd argue also that the front office should be to blame for a big chunk of this. And they're trying to possibly throw Tibbs under the bus. You know, Leon Rose and and Worldwide West and these CAA guys that have come in are starting to realize that the cracks are showing. And part of me is thinking that they're trying to make sure that they're kept around. So they're already, they're already, you know, putting the blame on Tibbs. Some, some culture the Knicks have built here, huh? Some culture where the blame game is already starting to show itself in year two of this project. It's a new low. It's a new low in recent Knicks history. It really is. It really is. And now, you know, you go into the all-star break. I forget exactly when everything's supposed to go down again. We, we will do, you know, picks for the, for the slam dunk, for the skills challenge and and, and stuff like that. I, I don't know um, exactly how long now the Knicks have off, but um, my goodness, do they need to talk things over. Holy smokes. They are really in big trouble. We actually uh, should do it on this show. I'm starting to realize. I just I just forgot that, uh, that it's this weekend is the All-Star break. So, so there you go. I've been so caught up with the Knicks, I forgot that the All-Star break is this weekend. I thought it was actually, uh, I got my days mixed up, so apologies for that. So we, we'll, we'll look at some of that stuff in the second half of the show, but I, I've just been so down on the Knicks and focused on that. I've just totally forgotten uh, 
about any of that other stuff. And, and again, the Knicks aren't involved, so it, it's tough to to stay focused on on things like that. It, it's wild. It's wild. I, I I will say this before we go into the break. Um, I don't know what the future holds for Tom Thibodeau. It's tough to tell at this point. It really is. Uh, I I think that the um. I think the rest of this season will say a lot if the Knicks can improve somehow on this, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I really don't. Uh, It's difficult to say. Very, very difficult to say. So I'll I'll be very curious uh, in how that's going to work out. But for right now, uh, the Knicks have really, really got to figure this stuff out or it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly real fast from top to bottom and it already is right it already is but it's going to be even worse it's going to be even worse you know i had a few people texting me last night with just the word speechless you know that was probably the biggest uh sentiment that i got people just had had, read a loss for words and and that's where i was until i had to (laughs) watch the highlights back today and uh, and figure out what to say on the show this week. One of the tougher ones, if I'm quite honest, since we've done the podcast. And that's saying something. You know, give a little insight here and peek behind the curtain. Before every show, if I can, if I have time, I try to watch the games back through the highlights and then gather some opinions uh, through that, you know, look through the stats, all that kind of stuff. And um, this week, I, I just... I was, I had trouble getting through it. I really did. It was, it was difficult to, uh, to do, but, but, you know, it's my job. Got to do it. So that's all I got. I don't know what else to say. Uh, let me know what you think about the Knicks in the comments below or at SJ7 on Twitter. And, uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we'll talk some all-star Saturday night, we'll talk all-star game, who's going to win, I'll pick the three-point shootout, and the slam dunk contest as well, and uh, and we'll see what else we can fit in on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast, on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. Just want to say, coming out of the break, you know, I apologize for getting a little <laughs> down there at the end of uh, the segment, but, uh, and again, there's more important things, right, than your team not playing well, but this was, this was a rough week, if you're a Knicks fan, it really was, a a lot of signs uh, that the Knicks were potentially figuring things out, turned into same old Knicks very quickly, and, uh, you know, I heard uh, Stu Gotts on the Dan Lebitard show, a show that I listened to quite a bit, um, who's a Nick fan talking about how we're numb to this and, you know, low expectations and stuff like that. But it did, it did feel different. It really did. I'm not trying to put a fork in Tom Thibodeau yet and things like that, you know, but it's looking like that. It's looking like that right now. It feels like this is a, a no return situation by the end of the year. I, I just don't know if Tom Thibodeau and, and the, and Worldwide West and Leon Rose and, and this and this uh, front office can can turn this around. I thought they had their chance to do it, 
at the trade deadline. And that's why I was extremely worried when I wasn't hearing the Knicks being involved in any deals. And uh, we found out after the deadline had passed, the Knicks were close on a couple but didn't pull the trigger. And that, to me, kind of showed a sign of, of not only complacency but you know, not enough of a sense of urgency that the, a, a move did need to be made. And in the end, the Knicks sat on their hands and now we see them um, paying the price for doing that. And uh, we're now, I, I know I'm not t- entirely sure what's going to happen in the next few months. I mean, this this is, this has become a very dire situation. And, you know, it's getting to the point where you're starting to wonder uh, what it's going to look like as far as where the Knicks are going to finish in the East. I, I don't think the Knicks are going to make the playoffs. I just don't see that happening. Um, and by that, I also mean the play-in. I don't think the Knicks will even get into the play-in. I really don't. I know they're in it still. I know they're three and a half back of the Atlanta Hawks. But, I mean, the way how, how can you say that the Knicks are going to figure it out with what we've seen the la- in the last week? You just can't. You just can't. So, I hope they do. I always hope that they do. I try to be as optimistic as I can, but there's too much of a sample size. Knicks are nine games under 500. The Knicks can't beat anybody right now. They can't hold on to a lead. They can't defend consistently enough. They can't score when they need to. They can't put games away. They're dealing with injuries. They didn't do enough at the trade deadline to shake things up. They still don't have a point guard. The bench is out of whack. And now there's inner turmoil inside the front office with the front office pointing at the coaching staff and the, po- the coaching staff pointing at the front office, I'm sure, and everyone's looking around and no one's holding anybody accountable. And this culture, which I understand doesn't always turn around as quickly as everyone would like, but it's shown signs of progress is crumbling at its foundation right now. Absolutely crumbling. And I have no idea if they're going to be able to fix it. But I mean, if how can you bet money on it that they will? How? It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen. I just, I can't see a world where the Knicks figure this out and get into the playoffs or get into the play-in and do anything. And that means the Knicks are going to take a massive step back. And frankly, I, I don't know what's going to happen going forward it really becomes a either a, a wild off season where you see big, big changes or it becomes a very quiet off season and the Knicks just sit in the crap that they've laid out for themselves and they just absolutely wallow in being poor again and just being terrible. So it's very, very scary again. Uh, as as Nick fans, and um, I'm already starting to miss you know the feelings of last season and even early this season. You know, preseason this year, where I was super excited about what this team could look like, and it's it's really blown up in the Knicks' face. It feels like uh, was it? Oh, I'm trying to think if it was 13, 14, or 14, 15 when KP was starting to to really go off and. You start to think, man, playoffs, could the Knicks do something? And then, you know, KP got hurt even before that. It was it was collapsing. And 
And then we had that stretch where the Knicks were just bad for three or four years. And then Tibbs and this front office and it comes around. Randall's an all-star and, you know, Obi Toppin's in the dunk contest like he will be this year. And it felt like it was happening again. And uh, the Knicks actually did make the playoffs. They didn't win the series, but they got a game and the Garden was back and felt like a, uh, you know, a real contender again. The Knicks made moves this offseason and then... Um, when they didn't work, the Knicks did the worst thing you could possibly do, and that's uh, and that's stand pat. They, the Knicks knew that there were problems, but they didn't do enough to solve them. And, and I'm I'm firmly I firmly believe the Knicks are getting are getting punished for not doing enough at the trade deadline right now. It's very clear, very clear to me. Let me know what you think uh, at SJ7 on Twitter at postingandtoasting.com. In the comments section, Shock Shock Knicks Podcast. Uh, those are the places to go to let me know what you think about this current stretch and the craziness that has unfolded really over the last month, but in particular the last week and a half. Let's wrap things up talking about NBA All Star Weekend. And again, you know, I, I just haven't been as engaged this year because of, uh, you know, just being so focused on the Knicks and, and how poorly they've been of late and um yeah that's what I first think about with the podcast and and things like that so to be honest I didn't prepare to talk about this because I forgot when it was going to happen but we'll we'll talk about it I mean we we need something to kind of uh avert our eyes for a little bit away from the Knicks at the moment um and listen we'll we'll talk plenty more uh, about the Knicks and the playoff races and um and things like that the playoffs we always do that whether the Knicks are in it or not um so that will continue uh we'll di- we'll we'll definitely dive into things like that but you know if the Knicks are, are out of it you know we're going to have to start talking draft and, and things of that nature quicker than than any of us would like to around here but that that's going to be what it is because right now the Knicks are looking like I think they're going to get a top 10 pick right now so we'll have to see you know, we'll have to see when we decide to open up that can of worms uh, as the season goes on. But for right now, um, we can talk a little NBA All-Star. So I think that, um, you know, there's the three events that we normally go to here. I mean, first of all, I have to say this every year. I love All-Star Saturday night. I think the NBA does it the best of any sport when it comes to the All-Star game and the festivities around it. Now, the game itself, you know, like any, like the Pro Bowl, which is the worst, and then the MLB, NHL, you name it, MLS, if you want to throw that in there. Um, I think the NBA is the most fun, but one of the least competitive. I think Major League Baseball still has the most competitive all-star game. Um, the NFL is the worst uh, by far. The Pro Bowl... Luckily, I didn't watch it this year, but anything I heard about it was just, I mean, as bad as it gets. Um, But I do still want to pick the All-Star game um, because we might as well. We're doing the other stuff. Uh, I forgot who's on each roster for the All-Star. I watched part of the draft because I wanted to see Kevin Durant just give the cold shoulder to to the inside crew. That was kind of funny. Uh, Durant's not playing, by the way. He's He's still hurt not giving anyone an update on uh, when he's going to be back. So 
in a word, his response on when he's going to be back, or can he give any info on when he's going to be back to Ernie Johnson was, no. So, <laughs> we have no idea. But, I, I, listen, I'll just pick the All-Star game really quick because I, it's pretty simple who I think is going to win. By the way, I think it's um, as balanced as it's been in recent years. I mean, anytime you know, Team LeBron has gone up against Team Giannis or Team Durant, LeBron's just drafted better. I don't think anybody talks about this because it's just the All-Star game and nobody cares, but... Um, LeBron just outdrafts everybody. He just goes for the right people, and for some reason, it's maybe maybe just because the All Star Game they don't care. But like Durant and Giannis have done so badly at picking the last few years, and I think it's happened again. Like LeBron's starting five is LeBron, Giannis, Steph, Demar, and Jokic against Team Durant starting five, which is Embiid, Morant, Tatum, Wiggins, and Trey Young. Like. Just, just not comparable. <laughs> like, not comparable at all. And if I remember correctly, the benches are relatively even, but I think Team LeBron's got a clear edge. I think Team LeBron will stay undefeated in the All-Star game. So I, I and, it's, and it's in Cleveland. He's going to care about it. It's his home state. So I, I think he'll win it. Um, but again, I, I, wish, I wish they would draft better against him and maybe steal Giannis or steal Steph because... LeBron just takes the stars, and that's it. That's it. So, it's really, uh, it's really frustrating. But it is what it is. Um, let's start with the the Taco Bell skills challenge really quick. This is interesting. I like when the NBA does this. I like when they switch it up a little bit. And this year, it's a team competition. So there's three teams in the skills competition. There's a new format. I love when they change it up for this thing. Four events. Uh, for the Taco Bell skills challenge this year. And let me go through the teams first, because the four the four challenges are a little um they're a little all over the place. Um but the teams are interesting. The teams are interesting. So there's team rookies or team rooks, Scotty Barnes, Kate Cunningham, Josh Giddy. I like that. I think that's kind of cool. You know, with the rookie sophomore game not getting as much love as it used to, I like that the, there's a team rookies here. I like this. I like this already. There's a team team Antetokounmpo. So all three of the Antetokounmpo brothers, Alex, Giannis, and, and Thanasis, are going to also be on a team. I like that. I think that's great. And then Cleveland's the host city. So there's a team Cavs. Darius Garland. Evan Mobley. And Jared Allen on the same team. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm picking Team Giannis or Team Antetokounmpo. I, I think that they're going to win this. I think they're going to care more about the other teams. Uh, I should say they're going to care more than the other teams. And I think that their length in the skills challenge, underrated. Underrated. I, ball handling is always important, but I think the length and uh, the speed with the length, especially of Giannis, I think we'll show up in this. Now, I will say this. There are four events that make it interesting. There's a shooting challenge. There is a passing challenge. There's a relay, which I always love. And then there's the half-court shot. So two teams out of the three will advance to the half-court shot. And basically, uh, basically, whoever knocks it down first, I think, wins. Uh, fastest time to knock it down wins. So I love that. 
I love that. I think that's great. I'm going to pick Team Antetokounmpo to win it. And I, I, I think that they'll have enough. Like, I, I think the shooting might be their downfall, potentially. I think the other two teams at least have a shooter on their team. But maybe, I don't know, maybe Alex Orthanasis can pick up the slack here. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Not that Giannis is a bad shooter, but compared to the other two teams, it might be tricky. But I, I think I'm picking Team Antetokounmpo. I think over the four challenges, I think they will win. Now, this is the nitty-gritty. This this is appointment television, in, in my opinion. Three-point shootout, slam dunk contest. Let's start with the three-point shootout. Now, for the three-point shootout, eight guys are in it. Um, It's a pretty good field, I have to say. CJ McCollum, who, by the way, in the poster or in the ad for this, is still in a Portland Trailblazers jersey. So his first time in a Pelicans jersey might actually be at the All-Star game, or at the All-Star weekend. That's pretty wild. I don't think he's suited up for them yet. I'm not sure. But uh, his first appearance for them will be in the three-point shootout, potentially. That's going to be interesting. Trey Young of the Atlanta Hawks. Zach Levine, Chicago Bulls, who I think is still hurt, actually. I'm not not entirely sure on that one. Uh, Desmond Bain. Memphis Grizzlies, Cat, Carl Anthony Towns for the for the Timberwolves, Fred Van Fleet, Toronto Raptors, Luke Kennard, LA Clippers, Patty Mills, Brooklyn Nets. I have two guys right off the bat that I'm interested in going with here. Um, I think it's hard not to consider Trey Young. I also kind of like Patty Mills as well. I will say Fred Van Fleet is probably my sleeper here. Fred Van Fleet can get really, really hot from the three-point line. So those are the three I'm looking at to potentially win this. Zach Levine has surprised me in previous years at times with how good he is shooting the three in this competition. Uh, There's no, like, bona fide favorite this year in the three-point shootout. You know, there's no Steph, there's no Clay, um, nobody like that where we've seen it in past years where it's been loaded. I mean, three or four years ago, I mean, it was just ridiculous. No Damian Lillard, you know, nobody like that. But I'm going to pick Patty Mills. But I think Trey Young and Fred Van Fleet will be in the mix. That's kind of my analysis on that. I I, I just feel good about Patty Mills. I just think that he's going to not be, not shy away from the moment. And I, and I think that, I think he's going to put him down. I think he's going to put him down. I, I just think that uh, Fred Van Fleet is the one I'd be worried about. I'm a little worried about him. I think he could potentially win it. Um, also, I you know, not a sleeper, but someone else to look at. Uh, Desmond Bain. Not the best statistic three-point shooter at times. Doesn't take a lot of them. But we've seen sleepers do well in the three-point shootout, which is kind of why I'm leaning towards Patty Mills. But But we'll see. We'll see. You never know. You never know. But I'm picking Patty Mills. I'm going to pick Patty Mills to win. And uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Slam dunk contest this year is a tough one. Another difficult field to pick. Um, The eye-opening one for me right off the bat was uh, Cole Anthony. I don't... Anytime I've seen Cole Anthony play, the first thing that I... Oh, I should say one of the things I don't think of is ridiculous athleticism. Same with Juan Toscano-Anderson, I must say. Uh, Those two right off the bat, I don't think are going to do anything. 
I hate to say that. I feel like there's two clear favorites here. I mean, Obi Toppin got robbed last year. I think it's very clear he should have won. The format kind of screwed him in the finale. Um, in last year's slam dunk, he clearly won, in my opinion, and he, and he got screwed over. Uh, and then Jalen Green of the Houston Rockets is a freak of nature. A really, really good dunker that could potentially break out some really good stuff, I must say. I, I think that he out of the four has the most versatility and i'm actually going to pick him to win i think jalen green will just beat out obi toppin uh to win the slam dunk i just think obi toppin's a little too one-dimensional not that he's not a freak athlete he is but that's kind of all he's got like his creativity in the last dunk contest wasn't great and i think jalen greens might be really really good now it's jalen green's first year so he might be a little bit nervous but i just don't think Toscano Anderson or or Anthony are gonna really bring it. I, I got a bad feeling about Cole Anthony. I just don't know what he's got in his bag. His first dunk is paramount because we don't know anything about his dunking ability. Really, he doesn't do it a lot. So his first dunk is make or break to get the crowd on his side and make everyone a believer in his ability. Same with to be to be quite honest with you. Same with Juan Toscano Anderson. Obi Toppin's got a little bit of equity in the bank. Like, he dunks a lot. And he has miraculously freak-of-nature kind of dunks. So does Jalen Green. So those two guys, because we know they're good dunkers already, have a little bit of equity in the bank. So they can get a little creative with their first dunk. Cole Anthony and Juan Toscano Anderson cannot. They have to make it good on the first dunk. Preferably first try as well making your dunk on the first try as an unknown is a big deal you have to immediately announce yourself if you want a chance to win but i'm picking i'm picking the rookie i'm picking Jalen green i think obi toppin finishes second um that's where i stand i i just feel like it's made for it to come down to those two guys and we will have to see after that uh what it's going to look like but i i think um the format i think is the same as last year all four competitors get two dunks in the first round two players highest combined score of their two dunks they go to the final round two finalists get two dunks in the final round and the dunker with the highest combined score of the two dunks wins i just think that the judging thing from last year was the big difference they threw that out good that was stupid it, it robbed obi top in the win it, it was ridiculous so i'm kind of glad that that didn't uh get carried over that made no sense so again i'll pick jalen green i picked uh the antetokounmpo brothers uh for the skills challenge and i picked patty mills for the shooting challenge as well and i'm looking forward to taking a break uh from watching the knicks for a few uh for a few days and uh, just taking in some of all-star weekend and enjoying some of that i hope you all will also and that's gonna do it for this week's episode of the shock shock Knicks podcast thank you all as always for listening through thick and thin you guys are the best uh you all are awesome it's really appreciated hope you're all doing as well as you can uh here in the month of february and i will see you all next time on the shock shock Knicks podcast on the posting and toasting podcast network Enjoy All-Star Weekend as best you can, and I will see you all next time.